So we come to our end of the series in prayer, and I guess the whole point is to mobilize some praying. So I'm hoping that that's what's happened in your life, that you've found yourself praying more, either praying with the scriptures or praying for boldness in sharing the gospel, just praying. So I just want you to ask yourselves, like, how are you doing? Has the sort of temperature of your prayer life gone up in these last three weeks? I really, really hope so. Today, as we finish off the series, we're going to call you to actually pray out loud for other people. So not just in your head, not just on your own, but praying out loud for others. So it might be that the first step in doing that is to move towards praying for people at church or in a service in our church family. But what I'm really driving at is for all of the church to be mobilised into praying out loud for those who aren't Christians. So whether that's at work or over the garden fence or when you're out shopping or going for a walk, praying for people that aren't Christians out loud. Now, I know for many of us that does feel very uncomfortable. And please hear me. I'm not asking for us to throw our brains or common sense away. I'm not asking you to destroy the relational bridges that you've built. And I'm not saying be unprofessional. And I'm not trying to devalue the importance of working and doing your job with integrity and excellence and compassion. You know, personally, I don't want my Christian surgeon to stop mid-operation to get their team praying for my healing. You know, I want her to be really good at operating on me. However, the way they deal with me before and after the operation, the way they deal with their team, the way they're looking for opportunities to share their faith and potentially offer to pray for people is what we're aiming at here. You know, just last week at Meanwood Urban Farm, uh, I was doing a bit of a prayer walk and I got chatting to a wonderful fellow who volunteers there. And over the past six months, I've been trying to be much more open to praying for people out loud in the moment. And so near the end of the conversation, I said to him, you know, you know, you might not be a praying person, but I am. Is there anything I can pray for? And very happily, he shared some really important things with me. And maybe at that point, I could have prayed out loud in the moment, but I didn't. But the fact that I'm asking and moving towards being a bit braver in those moments is is real success in my book. And so it was great to have that conversation. Great to hear from him. And then I carried on walking and praying for him. And I hope I get to sort of see him again and continue the conversation. So today I'm asking you if you would surrender some of your comfort, some of your fears to God And we become a church that prays out loud more regularly for each other and for those that aren't Christians yet. So why on earth would I ask you to move in that direction? Why are we mobilising that sort of prayer? Well, apart from Jesus modelling a lifetime of praying for people in public, he clearly instructed the church, us, to be his witnesses to a watching world. He compares the church to a city on a hill that can't be hidden or believers uh, to be like salt and light in society and for our lives to be lamps that aren't concealed but on display. Why? Well, 
he knew that performing signs and wonders or acts of compassion or offering to pray for people move people towards openness to his message, to the message of Jesus. It makes the invisible God visible. It unashamedly turns things to spiritual matters, to God, to his work in our world. And similarly, when you read the New Testament, it's full of moments where praying gets let loose on the streets. So just take the book of Acts. Peter, the apostle Peter in Acts 2, preaches about the Messiah and many were healed and saved and baptised. What was private in the upper room suddenly gets loosed onto the streets. In Acts 3, Peter prays for a man who was lame since birth and he's healed and the city marvels at the miracle. In Acts 5, we're told the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And as a result, people brought those who were ill onto the streets so that Peter's shadow would fall on them and that they would be healed. Prayer was never meant to be restricted to our Sunday gatherings or our times of personal devotion. It's one of the ways that we partner with God to see his kingdom come. That's why the apostle Paul tells us to pray all the time. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He tells us in Colossians 4 to be wise in the way you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. So not waiting for the perfect moment where the stars are aligned, where everyone's happy and comfortable and finally you pray. But we're to be wise and bold in our prayers in every situation. And one of the reasons we can be bold and full of faith and confidence is knowing that Jesus said in Mark 11 that therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. The Apostle John says if And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. In 1 John 5, and again in 1 John 5 verse 14, he says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know, I would just love us to be a church that is quick to pray for others. I'd love us for us to be all more open to the prophetic, to getting prophetic words for people when we meet them to be more confident, to pray for the sick and more ready to connect people to the love and comfort of God the Father. So whether it's the work colleague who's struggling or the neighbour who is sick or the stranger you want to bless. You know, it's good to understand that these sort of prayers are like a plough breaking up the hard soil in people's hearts. It sort of cuts through the brittle outer layer and brings them closer to God. So wonderful, even though it, it, it doesn't come naturally for many of us. And so we often back off and don't even think to offer prayer. One survey in the UK suggests that most people are actually open to prayer. Tear Fund found that one in two people, half of all adults, pray at least once a month. Among those who do pray, half agree that God hears their prayers. And the younger the person, the more likely they want to pray about world issues. During lockdown, a quarter of adults in the UK have watched or listened to a religious service and one in 20 have started praying during the crisis, according to a a new survey. 
So how do we move as a church, given that we believe we're meant to do it biblically, we believe there's an opportunity in culture, in society to approach people with prayer. How do we become a more confident church in praying for others? Well, to help us with that, I've asked four people, one from each of our gatherings, to share how they're trying to overcome their fear and cynicism or apathy and become a person who regularly prays for others. So huge thanks to India and Bob and Grace and Dave uh, for taking time to share their story. Let's listen to them now and hopefully let's learn from them. I'm a very introverted person. I've always been incredibly shy and find it very hard to strike up conversations with people. I'm not very good at small talk and I find it hard to keep conversations going. When it comes to praying, I have managed to put aside thinking about what people think of me to ask them whether it is right that we pray for a situation or not. Because I, I started realising that the worst that can happen is they say no, and it gets left at that. With a non-Christian, I'll often ask them if they want to pray there, or would they like me just to add the prayer into my own prayer times? And then I'll go away and make sure I do pray about it if they say the latter. And then start asking them what the outcome was. If the outcome's positive, then I'll explain to them how prayer can be answered. If it's negative, I'll say, okay, let's just keep praying about that until hopefully we see a, a resolution. So something that initially stops me and is a bit of a barrier for me in terms of praying for others is the whole feel of the conversation and how unnatural it feels to ask somebody if they'd like some prayer. I always seem to stress about at what point I'm going to bring it up in the conversation, um, whether I'm going to bring it up at the front, um, in the middle after we've talked about a topic or at the end and wrap things up. And so it used to make me so nervous that I used to just not do it because I used to think I don't know when is the best time to pray for this person or ask them if they can pray for them, with them, um, that I never used to be bold enough to do it. Um, but I think also in terms of closer friends or friends that are already Christians, um, and I think a lot of people may resound with this, it felt like I was scoring like brownie points by proving I was like more holy or more spiritual than them because I'd asked them if they'd like some prayer. So that was another huge barrier for me. Praying in public uh, puts me off because um, well, if I think of more people who can possibly hear me praying and thinking I'm a weirdo, um, that kind of creates more fear. Um, so I find it much easier praying for someone one-to-one -one in a quiet place um, and also just telling myself that um, this person needs Jesus and, and he's the only one who can really help them. Um, that kind of motivates me to to take that step out and, and pray for someone. Um, and also, the more I've prayed for people, the more confident I've got as I've seen that um, they've actually responded a lot more positively than I thought, and uh, and have been really appreciative of of uh, the prayer. Realised fear was a big thing for me in not stepping out and being obedient and praying for people. Fear of people thinking I'm weird fear of people saying no, fear of being rejected. And that's come from me 
not seeing prayers answered in the way that I expect, um, which has built disappointment. Um, and that's also had built a lack of faith that God is good, that God is who he says he is, he does answer prayer, he does come through. And that just limited me in choosing to be obedient, step out and pray for people. I found I have a lot of success in the workplace asking people if I can pray with them. Um, I have prayed with Christians, non-Christians and even with Muslims in the workplace uh, simply by being bold enough to ask whether they, they're comfortable with me praying. A couple of examples I've got are recently uh, one of my, my current work colleagues' mothers was diagnosed with cancer just before Christmas. She went in for an operation. The operation has been 100% successful and she's now in remission. And throughout that, I was able to support the person with prayer, constantly asking when's the appointments coming. I'll pray about those appointments and just talking about how God heals with him. Another situation from my previous job, I had a work colleague who went to the opticians at lunchtime came back in the office and said he had to go up to the hospital straight away because the optician thought he may have a tumour behind his eye. I offered to pray for him, he accepted that and then was taken to the hospital. The operation was 100% successful and he had no impact on his eyesight or anything but when he came back into work the very first thing he said to me was, your prayers worked. In terms of success stories, um, I am in no means an expert, but something that really hugely helped me was doing a prayer workshop. Um, so when I was at university, the church that I was part of ran a prayer workshop where a gentleman from Glasgow, I believe, came and talked to us about his success stories and failures and sort of tips and tricks, um, and then encouraged us all to go out onto the streets practically, which we all did, there were maybe 20 of us at the workshop, and in groups go and stop passers-by and ask them if they'd like prayer. And that was so cool. Um, we saw loads of healings that day, and we prayed for loads of weird and wonderful things, and invited people to church, um, and that really grew my confidence in praying for others. So uh, there's a friend at work who um, told me that a family member of his was critically ill and um, I felt this really strong urge to, to pray with him and and um, had a little chat with God and said like please give us an opportunity and 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 he provided like just a couple of minutes before lunch um, there was just the two of us left in this in this normally really busy clinic and I thought right now's the time uh, so I, I went over to him and, and just sort of asked how he was and, and offered to pray with him and, and just said a really simple prayer, uh, asking God to, to heal his uh, family member and protect them and look after them. And, um, and um, yeah, and, look at, and he was really appreciative, really touched uh, by that prayer. And, and as I look back, I just think that was such a special two minutes of... Um, chatting to God with him there and um, yeah so it was well worth it. One way I have really seen God answer prayers is through the life of one of my colleagues at work so she's someone I prayed for for 
years and I've built a strong friendship with and we've prayed for um, healing in her wrist so she talked to me about having pain in her wrist we prayed for it quite a while ago and nothing seemed to happen um, but through a lot of different things now she has actually come to faith and we're reading the Bible together um, which is one amazing answer to prayer but with her wrist we were reading the story of a paralysed man and I talked to her about healing and said could we pray for your wrist because I know we've prayed before and God says he heals and she said oh like it's fully better I've stopped seeing the doctors I've cancelled my appointments I don't need um, don't need any more because God's healed me um, which is just an incredible answer to prayer and things that have encouraged me and helped me overcome barriers helped me to be obedient are having people around me who've encouraged me to do that so through mission groups through accountability through friends um, encouraging me to step out and do it together um, to celebrate the act of obedience rather than the success so my colleagues had wrist didn't get healed until months later but I was encouraged to be obedient and to keep praying for that and also identifying why I wasn't stepping out what was holding me back so my fear of rejection and not understanding God's goodness and that's helped me um, step out because it's realised my thinking of truth instead. I don't have a specific example of a failure, but I do have an example of where my disobedience almost had some serious impacts for a person. We had a couple come to church who'd got married and shortly after they got married they went on Alpha course and became Christians. Then the husband got diagnosed with terminal cancer and told he'd only have a few weeks or months to live. As a, a leadership team in the church we got together to pray and anoint him with oil. As we were praying I heard a voice inside my head say, tell him his days are numbered. And you can imagine how that went down. I took a step back, um, jolted into alertness, and started arguing with this voice in my head saying, I can't tell him that. He's really worried, he's terminally ill. We're praying for a healing here. There's no way I'm telling him his days are numbered. But it kept on impressing on me, tell him his days are numbered. Eventually, I noticed that people were starting to wind up their prayers, and I thought, it's now or never. And I, I got a, a, the voice say to me, just do it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be bold, I'm going to step out here, and open my mouth, and I said, God is telling me, your days are numbered. And right away, God gave me the next line, which was, I will not cheat you out of any of them. And at that, he burst into tears because started to feel that his time with his new wife was getting taken away from him. He felt God was cheating him of his happiness and his time in this world. And what he really needed to hear that God, was that God wasn't cheating him, but everything was in God's plan. And it really strengthened his faith. He became a great testimony to other people and shared his faith with a lot of people went on to live for another five or six years before he finally entered into the kingdom. A really, really strong Christian with a strong faith. In terms of failures, um, I don't like to use that term because 
to be honest, if somebody says, um, no, I don't, I don't fancy you praying for me, or I'm not really interested in that, or I don't have faith, I can actually then have a bit more of a chat about that then. Um, and okay, what do you mean you don't have faith? Um, can I, can we talk about this a bit more? And it then leads on to a completely different conversation. And so I don't really use that term failure because I think either way, they'll either say yes and I'll have the opportunity to pray with somebody and for them, or they'll say no and I can then delve into that a bit more. So either way, it's a winning battle. A story that didn't go so well. Uh, me and a friend were, had decided to go around Horsforth Park uh, with the intention of starting conversations with people about faith and Jesus and, and offering to pray with people. And, and uh, we approached this one couple and offered to pray uh, with them and, uh, and the, the response was just like no weirdo and um, I just felt like a, a real tool uh, for a few minutes and um, and yeah as they kind of as I thought that they thought that I was just completely insane or a complete weirdo and um, as, I, as I kind of look back I kind of think that that's actually the worst thing that could happen and it did happen and, and it wasn't actually that bad and and I kind of use that now almost to remind myself that um, yeah that is the worst that can happen and to over, sort of overcome and squish those fears. There have been loads of times when I've prayed and not seen prayer answers in the way that I expect or had people reject me, had some of my fears come true, people look at me like I'm weird, people say no when I said can I pray for you um so if I've tried to be obedient step out pray for someone that maybe I've met when I'm walking around um, where I live or you know on the way to work or anything or times when I felt God prompt me and I've given in to that fear or I've said oh no I don't think I can do that today or missed an opportunity um so yeah sometimes it's good <laughs> sometimes it's hard sometimes I see success sometimes I don't but as long as I remember the truth about God, then that doesn't shake me and that stops me being held back from stepping out into obedience or praying for people. And we have this thing that we say, like, um, it, like no one dies <laughs> if you pray, if you offer to pray. And if, if you say, if you offer to pray for someone and they say no, you haven't lost anything, but sometimes people say yes. And sometimes you see healing and sometimes you see salvation and sometimes you see change whether that's just in yourself so um, yeah even in failure I think step out and pray well I really do hope you found that helpful you know this is the reality of us trying to be a people that pray more regularly for people out loud especially for those that aren't Christians you know the Everyone was very open in saying that um, the barriers to prayer are, are really the things that we all feel. So it's fear of rejection, fear of spoiling a friendship, fear of someone taking offence. They're having to deal and acknowledge with disappointment where perhaps prayer seemingly has gone unanswered or conversations have got difficult or they have been rejected but they've overcome them through trusting 
in God's goodness. And that's so critical for us to sort of move from apathy and sort of the inertia that many of us have in this area to stepping into being those that regularly pray. It's, it's really sort of understanding and believing in the goodness of God. Jesus says in Matthew 6, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much, much more valuable than they? You know, they all believe, those that shared, that it's not down to personality type, but obedience and boldness. It's about getting things into perspective. It's thinking about what is the worst that can happen in this situation. I love that phrase, no one dies. And even when the worst happened, Dave was so helpful in saying, it's not the end of the world. You'll get through it, you'll get by it. And they have all seemed to understood that taking the risk gives an opportunity for God to really move. So why not think now about what stops you and what life could look like if you were much more prepared to pray out loud for those around you like what would happen at work or at church during a service when you sort of go out your door and go for a walk when you go out for a meal when you spend time with others that are not in our church family for me, uh, three simple steps have been readiness, risk and reward. Readiness is just about me being ready to pray. So I've thought about what's scary. I've tried to sort of grow in confidence in the character of God and the fact that God wants me to pray. And when I've gone out for a walk, I've told myself, just be open to pray, just to be ready. Because I think most of the time we just forget don't we? We sort of go out and have conversations or whatever, and we just forget to pray or to offer to pray. So readiness is really important. Risk is the next thing. It's sort of it's so important to understand that you need to take that step, a, a risky step, for it to go from theory to action, to take a risk in this moment to offer to pray. And so I've thought about that as I've got ready. And then as the moment arrives, I've tried to sort of take the risk to move from theory to action. And then there's reward. There's knowing, you know, we've been obedient, that we're partnering with God in his mission, that we're celebrating that we're seeing God at work and opening the door to someone experiencing the goodness of God. So I hope that's helpful. Readiness, risk and reward. Listen, if this is something that you'd love to grow in uh, and would value time to go a little bit deeper, then Faith Simmons, who helps lead our Holbeck gathering, is running some training this week on the 4th of May, Tuesday night, 8 till 9 p.m. on Zoom. I would so encourage you to go. Perhaps you want to go as a mission group or just on your own. Uh, will make you feel really, really welcome and comfortable, but it will be a really helpful time of perhaps just going a little bit deeper in this and, and getting to learn how to pray for others out loud. So details will be in your church suite email. Uh, and if you don't get those, you can always just contact us uh, if you want the details. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, 
we ask that you would help us be a praying church and specifically you would make us bold and courageous in praying for others out loud, especially for those that don't know you. Lord, we just surrender our fears to you. We surrender our comfort. And we say, God, please use us to connect people to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.